Well, hey there, and welcome back. You're listening to another episode of the Lifestyle Entrepreneur Podcast, and I'm your host, Michelle Reese. Now, I'm excited that you guys have decided to join me here today because I have an amazing guest for you. But before I bring her on and read her bio, I do want to share a little bit about the Facebook group that we have for this podcast. It's called the Lifestyle Entrepreneur Podcast Facebook group, and it can be found by searching LE Podcast or Lifestyle Entrepreneur Podcast. And if you haven't yet, I invite you to join your fellow listeners because it's a really great way for us to continue to start sharing what's working, finding strategies for the things that aren't. I go in live on Facebook uh, for some Q&A chats. I elaborate a little bit on some of the concepts that I talk about in the podcast. And it's also a great way for you guys to be able to start asking questions so that we can have a two-way conversation instead of just a one-way here on, on the podcast. Now, last week's episode was all about what you need to know to create effective content online. And I kind of used the verbiage of the, um, you know, really being tired of seeing those just listed, just sold, hey, look at me, I'm the greatest realtor social media posts. And maybe you're the one doing it. And that's okay. Because here's what I know. You just haven't been shown another way. And there is another way. Now, what I shared in last week's episode was all about creating an ideal client profile and how once you start identifying who it is that you're speaking to, you find more meaningful ways of creating content that is not only going to be Um, impactful for the people that you're looking to work with, but that's really going to cause them to stop scrolling and you capturing that attention and building that like, know, and trust factor. Now you can grab a copy of that episode and download the free guide that I've included to help get you started on building your profile at www.michellereci.com forward slash episode 28. Now, I bring that up because, ironically enough, this is what I talk about today in, uh, in our podcast episode with our special guest. And Jess Linavelle, who was born into the real estate industry very much like me, worked for over 13 years as an active real estate agent. And can I tell you how successful she was at growing her seven-figure business? Today, Jess shares her experience and her expertise with agents around the globe, and she helps them overhaul their marketing and really learn how to scale massively while leveraging the power of online marketing. And so you can bet we've dived into a few amazing conversations here today. Jess is the founder of The Listings Lab, and she teaches and coaches agents on how they can grow their business by doubling their income without sacrificing lifestyle or freedom. Now, you guys know Jess is totally speaking my language, and when I learned about her, I just knew I had to get her on the show. So let's not delay any further. Let's welcome Jess to the show. Jess, thanks so much for joining me today. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. We finally did it. We finally got this going. I think we spoke. It was what, the end of 2019? Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it was before the holidays. So I'm really glad. And and what prompted me, what I was sharing with you is what prompted me to kind of just say, okay, we're doing this interview today, uh, was one of your posts that you had made in the Facebook group. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just, I was so, uh, 
I admire your stance that you take in your beliefs and how you empower people with those beliefs to really, you know, do amazing things in their business. So maybe before we dive into all of that, because I know you've got tons to share, um, you can give us a little bit of a plug and share, share a little bit with the audience what, what it is that you do uh, yeah. and, and how you sort of got there. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was, uh, I started in real estate when I was 21. So I was very young. I looked about 16. So it was, it, I, it was rough in the beginning because, you know, I was kind of a baby, but I did grow up in the industry. So even though I was brand new, I still kind of felt like I'd been in the industry forever. And I know you have like a really similar story because like yeah. you've been in the, in the industry forever. And, you know, I, I started and I got in and one of the first things that happened was I joined a Keller Williams office because I thought that I needed all of this training. And right off the bat, the first thing, just like any other new agent, you need to cold call and you need to door knock and you need to like, you know, do all of these traditional things. And I identify, I'm a textbook in introvert, right? So the, oh, that's great. The, thought of, the thought of me like going out and like knocking on doors, like made me want to throw up. So... Yeah, I hear I, you. Right? If this is how I have to build my business, I don't know if this industry is for me. Right. But I also grew up with a mom that never did any of that either. Right? So I knew that I didn't necessarily have to follow the rules. So back then, there was this brand new thing called Facebook mm -hmm. that was just, you know, just came out and it didn't look anything like it looks today. Right. But it was very much like, you know, a, a news feed and classifieds. So I started prospecting in the classified section and that's how I built my business. And, you know, it was just one of those things where I was like, I'm going to do this in a way that feels good to me, mm -hmm. feels comfortable and is actually for me really productive. And I was able to talk to far more people than if I was actually going out and pounding the pavement. I love it. So you really felt, what I love about what you just said was that you, First of all, we're not afraid. So kudos to you because I know the pressure when you come into the industry to do your business a certain way. Um, great that you had a role model that kind of showed you differently in that. But I know for a lot of agents that that come into the business, it's it's there's there's you know this way or you're not going to do well. And there's a lot of pressure to be you know to do it the I hate using the word traditional. Maybe we'll call it the proven techniques um, because they've been done for so long. But uh, you really found a way to kind of own the fact that it was like, <laughs> if I have to go out there and knock on doors, this is not happening. So what can I do that's really in alignment with me and my, you know, my skills and my comfort zone? And you did that and you did it. Obviously, timing was a big factor for you with Facebook having just sort of been launched and been... Uh, unknown really territory to how to navigate it for business. And so, so here you are today, you've, you, you grew a business uh, using this online method, which was still fairly new in the industry. And for the most part, we still have a big portion of, of the realtor body that hasn't yet adapted uh, online. So I'm going to say that we're still relatively new in that. But what, uh, what sort of led you to being able to now create your business as it stands today and what you, what you do for realtors? Yeah. So um, I guess it was a, like, I guess several years ago now, I just honestly, I got to a point where in real estate, I just, I felt, how do I say this? I felt kind of like I'd done what I was going to do. Right. I had built the, 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 the dream business. I had, you know, I had this business where I didn't work 
all that much. I was working, you know, an eight hour day. I was, I, I was taking two days off a week. I was taking tons and tons and tons of vacations. Um, I had what everybody kind of believes to be like the dream, but I realized that I was kind of serving the wrong people. And I had a bit of like a early thirties midlife crisis <laughs> where I was like, An epiphany. I, yeah, is, is this what I'm going to do for the rest of my life? And I, I started just digging. And uh, when I was in Hawaii with my husband, I, you know, we're driving along, you know, it's the most beautiful place in the world. We're having this great time. He's got music playing and I start bawling my eyes out. And he looked over at me and he's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to sell real estate anymore. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he was All that like, building probably was just right yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he was like, I have the best husband in the world. And he has worked with me for, from the, like for years and years. Oh, I love and that. And he said, okay, what are we going to do? That's and I, awesome. Yeah, I was so, so lucky. So, so I just sort of said, we started talking about options, think different things. And he said, you know, the, the times that I see you light up the most are actually when like someone comes and knocks on the door and says, hey, can you help me? Right? Like another agent who actually needs your help or another agent who wants to ask you questions or things like that, that seems to be where you have the most fun. And he was absolutely right. And so that's just sort of, it was, it was this trigger mm -hmm. of, okay, you know what? I think I'm serving the wrong people. Or in the wrong way. In the wrong way. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and so, and it was, it, honestly, it was just for me. And you know, I really believe that real estate is real estate saved my life. Like I, I've been in horribly, not, not with my husband, but horribly abusive relationships. I've, and the one thing that kept me going and kept me independent was the fact that I own my own business mm. and the fact that I was able to be a female business owner and always have the ability to make more income and have more freedom. And I think there's not a lot of industries where we have that kind of opportunity. It is, we really are, we really are blessed. And I think, you know, this is, that actually kind of lends itself to the name of the podcast, which is the Lifestyle Entrepreneur Podcast, because our industry has yet to really identify themselves as lifestyle entrepreneurs. And yet when you ask everybody, why did you come into the business? Their number one answer is freedom and flexibility. And, and yet when I look now for my 20 plus years of being in the industry in so many different capacities, and I take a look at the, all the realtors that we have in our industry, how many are actually enjoying that freedom and flexibility? It's way too small, yeah. way too small. And so I'm, I'm the one that's, you know, the encouraging person now to be like, guys, isn't this what you can't like, yes, profit's important. Absolutely. Profit's important. But, but how do we get you living the lifestyle that you want? How do we get you enjoying that freedom and flexibility and still being efficient and productive and profitable? You get to um, have both. You get to have both. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, you know, I don't think people are ready to embrace that yet. And it's, I get the fear behind it. Yeah. It is fearful to, to make those changes because we're just programmed to be when you're in business, it's profit first. Um, lifestyle doesn't factor into that. Well, exactly. And, and, and I think too, you know, a lot of the not traditional, but proven methods yeah, of, yeah. of building a real estate business from the past have been very manual. 
And they've been very much like, you know, trading time for business. And we have all of these amazing tools now that are, that give us even more ability to have both, to build out some automation in your business, to not have to manually turn the wheel of your business every single day and still have it up and running and, and moving along, which is what I leverage to be able to actually have both. And, and I think that that's so, we're at a time now in this industry that we have opportunities that have never existed before. Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of like giving up good so that we can have great. Yeah. And, and I think that for a lot, for a lot of people, that's really scary because it really is the, the, the industry and, you know, the way that we do things is shifting so quickly that, and I, and I talk about all the time, the, the theory of natural selection, right? Mm-hmm. It's just science, right? Yeah. The people who survive and thrive are those that are the most adaptable. And as the world around us changes and changes so quickly, the people in every industry, but in real estate specifically, the people who are really going to shine and who are going to be able to build big businesses, build freedom-based lives, like life design really at the end of the day, are the people who are actually adaptable and willing to leverage the tools and the technology that we have to not only benefit themselves, but also benefit their clients. Amen. <laughs> it was like, it's so true though. It is so true. And I think I used to use the, um, I used to use the visual of, you remember those little tops that you would get, yeah. uh, those little Christmas toys and you would, you would tap the top and it would spin. Yep. And so I kind of use that. I mean, the funnel, the idea of the funnel never made sense. It did make sense to me linearly, but it didn't, it didn't, it didn't help me to explain to realtors all of the different facets yeah. that are surrounding our business and our life and what we want. And so the idea of the top and, and, you know, just in kind of comparing that to automation, it's like you want to be able to touch that top once and have it keep spinning. And that's your business. You want mm-hmm. your business to keep spinning without you having to t- keep your hand on that top, yeah. like go off and do something else and have your business still running. And, and you're right. I mean, what better day and age can we be in to have access to tools that automate things for us? Cause that really is, that, that really is sort of the, the crux of, of where the freedom come from, comes from that, that exchange for time freedom. Well, exactly. And, you know, uh, previously a lot of what most agents were taught was you get to a certain point and then you hire mm-hmm. and hiring for a lot of people is a lot more responsibility and very expensive. And so now we have the ability to not hire so early right? Like automation can fill a lot of those holes before you actually need another human to do the human things. So tell me about, so tell me about that. How have you, um, because you're right, the most logical next step with growth is bring somebody else on, Mm -hmm. whether it's a buyer's agent or an assistant or whatever that looks like, but somebody to sort of help you scale the business. And so your focus and the way you coach uh, realtors now in your business is through this process of automation. So Mm -hmm. what, what's sort of one thing that you've really seen that has helped Um, realtors be able to leverage that? So the one thing that I will say is that most people, when they think of a marketing funnel, they think of like a series of opt-ins or a series of steps that someone, you know, downloads this, then gets this email, then, you know, it's it's a series of of steps until you can convert this lead. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, the, The true test of a functional, high-performing marketing funnel is just psychology, Mm -hmm. right? It's a psychological journey. It's not a series of opt-ins. 
And because what we, I think a lot of the time have forgotten is that you're not marketing to leads, you're marketing to human beings. There is a human on the other end of all of this marketing and marketing at the end of the day is just psychology. It's not a matter of like throwing a bunch of spaghetti at the wall and then calling through people to see who will deign to talk to you. It's, it's actually taking a stranger and turning that stranger into someone who knows you, likes you, trusts you, want to work, wants to work with you, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of that can be done in an automated way. So, so just as an example, whenever anybody says to me, you know, what is it that you do? Um, and it's taken me a while to craft this actually in like a, <laughs> the elevator like, pitch, right? <laughs> right? So, so it's taken me a while, but um, I would say like what I do is I help realtors scale from six to seven figures by creating relationships at scale. Mm. So what we're doing is it's still relationship based. It's still building that no like, and trust factor, just not having to do it manually. So if you're going to sit in front of someone and have conversations with people, how many of those conversations can you have in a day? Right. Not that many. But if you, if you leverage the tools and the resources and, the, and the, the, connect, the, the interwebs that we actually have access to nowadays, if you leverage all of those tools, you can get in front of and connect with thousands of people every day. Right. So that's kind of the idea or the framework behind it. It's just obviously the nuts and bolts. Right. The actual funnel itself. Um, but, but a lot of the time, even when we're talking about like scaling teams or scaling businesses, the idea is, is that we want to set foundations that are unlimitedly scalable. Mm-hmm. So there's two questions that I, that we always ask, is this scalable and do you enjoy it? If it's, a I no like to, the second one, that's yeah. a good question. Yeah. Right? If it's a no to either one of those, it's a no for your business. Right. And so a lot of the, the time, the thing that people enjoy the least is the lead follow-up. Yeah. Let's automate it. Let's do it in a way where you're actually able to build relationships, build connection, attract the types of humans that you actually do want to work with. If somebody doesn't like you, you don't want to work with them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. And at the end of the day, like that's what a lot of the problems with this cold lead generation concept Mm It's the biggest issue with it because you have no control over and you're calling through all of these people who may not want to talk to you, but also at the same time may not be the right fit for you. Yep. I, I, and I, and I've, I've used the, the sort of phrase, when you aim to speak to everyone, you speak to no one. Yeah. And so that's what's co- sort of coming up when I, when mm-hmm. I hear that is that how, how do you uh, use automated tools to find the people who actually want to work with you, who will see value in you and who you actually want to work with. And so do you do that strictly through, through Facebook or is it online marketing? Sort of like what, maybe paint the picture for us of what that actually looks like. Yeah. So we do initially bring that lead, initial lead in through Facebook because it's just the cheapest option. Mm. Like that, that person can come in either organically through some sort of social media or they can come in through like some sort of a lead generation, like a front end lead gen ad. Mm-hmm. And so that can be, you know, we use Facebook because it's cheaper. Google for the most part, especially in like somewhere like Toronto is going to be like two to 10 times more expensive because it's so saturated now. Right. So we bring them in through Facebook. And then from there, that's where like the omnipresence comes in or the retargeting comes in. Right. So, but we're not following people around or retargeting people with just any old junk. It's not random content. We're specifically using nine, nine different types of content to facilitate that psychological journey and the building of that relationship. 
And so what we're doing is we're actually giving value first before we ask. So it's the Mm -hmm. idea of give before you ask, serve before you sell. And, And so what we're doing over time is we're building authority. We're building relationship. We're, 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 we're putting not only what you can do for someone as an agent and your systems and your processes and, and what, however it is that we're marketing you as a person or as a team, but we're also adding in personal beliefs, personal philosophy, personal story, right? And because those are the human connection pieces. So I did, uh, I just recently um, did a a podcast and and I work a lot with my agents on being able to identify that ideal client profile or the ideal client avatar. Um, Is that something that you sort of go through the process with, with the agents that you coach to help them sort of hone down and create that character? Like, what is that persona? Who are you speaking to? So a lot of the time, uh, and and we talk a lot about uh, agents being able to take off the realtor hat. Right. So we so hard, right? So hard. (laughs) So hard for them. Yeah. And so a lot of the time agents are very transactional. So when I tell them, like when I when I ask the question, who who do you want to work with? I want to work with people between like a million and three million. I'm like, (laughs) that's not a human. That is a price point. (laughs) So or I want to I want to work in condos and townhouses. Okay. Also a property type. (laughs) Right. So so let's talk about like who is that person and what is their current situation and desired situation? That's sales. Current Say that again. What is their current situation and their desired situation? Mm, so it okay. doesn't matter what you're selling. This is just super basic sales, right? Current situation, I'm cold. Desired situation, I want to be warm. What's the bridge between the two? I'm going to sell you a scarf. Right. It's the same thing with real estate. You have a current situation that no longer serves you, and you have a desired situation. This desired situation in your head is this painted picture of what your life could be like if you were no longer here and you were now over there. Right. Right. So that's really what we're talking about. We're niching down in terms of human being and in terms of life transition. Mm. So, you know, the, a first time buyer has a very different set of pains, problems, fears, and desires than a downsizer. Right. Huge. So even within the first time home buyer segment, there's exactly. so many different segment, micro segments in there. Exactly. And so what we want to do is create customized messaging that specifically speaks to or is relevant to um, that person in that market and also coming from the agent, that human. Right. Because we all have I'm not everyone's cup of tea mm-hmm. and either is either is, you know, agent Bob. Right. Right. But it's really important that there's an, uh, there's an authentic, there's an authenticity or a vulnerability that comes across. So people are able to see you not only as an authority or as an expert, as an agent, but also as a human that they actually know, like, and trust and want to work with. Right. And so you accomplish all of that by, by being able to leverage this idea of creating this ideal client profile or avatar, Mm -hmm. and then being able to create content that's going to be meaningful to them. And yeah, and so the one thing, the like the the one step that ninety nine percent of agents skip is the market research. Ah, so, so speak speak more about that. Yeah. So agents like to like to believe that they know everything about their clients. We all do it. I am my own ideal client, so I don't need to interview. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. But we all have this agent bias. We, we believe that we know things, but we tend to be very transactional. And again, that's why I'm talking about taking off the realtor hat. So the first thing that we make people do, and I can always tell when someone in one of our programs doesn't do the market research, I can always tell the first initial set of messaging comes into me and I look at it and I think you did an interview. 
this is totally your own bias and your own agent perspective. Right. So the first thing that we do is obviously we we want to we want to get to know the pains, problems, fears, and desires. Right. And the problem that someone's that someone has is not necessarily the symptoms of the problem. So the problem for an upsizer would be space, space, school district, whatever that looks like. Right. But from a human perspective, if you go deeper than that, what what are they experiencing because of that? They're fighting with their partner. They're feeling guilty because their kid's not getting the education that they think that they should. Um, they're fighting over the bathrooms. The siblings are, are you know, wh- whatever, whatever. They're stepping right. on toys. They're, you know, whatever, whatever those symptoms look like, we need to understand those. And that's how you create messaging then that somebody reads and goes, oh my gosh, this person's in my head. Yeah, that's when you get the, they're talking to me, it's me. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I get messages all the time about my own marketing and the agents in the profile, in the, sorry, in the program get the same thing where people are like, I feel like you're in my head. And that's exact, that is the key to good marketing. Mm -hmm. And that's the key to actually creating that initial trust and relationship. Because a lot of the messaging that we see out there from, you know, the, from like more traditional, even just advertising is here's a picture of my head. Call me. <laughs> yes. right? Look at me. I'm great. Look at me. I'm number one. <laughs> yes. Right. And so just listed, of, just so yeah, old. Yeah exactly. yeah. yeah. Exactly. And there's no value. There's no connection. There's no, there's no, there's no. There's no reciprocity it's, in relationship in that. Yeah, it's advertising. It's yes. not it's not relationship marketing. Exactly. Yeah. And so a lot and I think a lot of the a lot of the reasons why, you know, a lot of the reasons we've created why there's so many tech companies that are that are able to come in and believe that they can replace the agent. I don't believe that they can because but but what we've done as an industry is we've left holes in areas where we've tried to treat leads like leads and play the numbers game instead of play the relationship game. Right. And when we're, when we're actually focused on building relationships and building trust and providing value, that's when the public no longer, it will no longer see us as like, oh, every agent just does exactly the same thing. Right. right? It's and tailored. So think, it's personalized. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's meaningful. It's meaningful. And there's, there's an element of, humanness that the industry has been built on that people are starting to do one or the other, right? So we have half the camp that is 100% like referral based. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to market myself. I don't need to. But at the end of the day, like that is actually, in my opinion, limiting the impact that they can have on humans around them. And then you've got the other camp of people for the most part that are cold lead generating or buying leads or whatever, and then just calling through and it becomes this impersonal numbers game. Yeah. And then they're hiring ISAs to come in and call for them. And it's it, it like the, the, the level of connection is getting further and further away. Right. And, and to your point, it's making us replaceable when we yeah. do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So for the realtor, that is that repeat and referral, mm-hmm. right? And they don't want to sort of move away from that. How, how do you get them to see then that they can still maintain? I kind of understand, I, I, I understand um, their sort of objection, if we want yeah. to call it that, Definitely. right? Um, I, where it's like, well, this is how I built my business. And I'm just the relationship type person, Michelle. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to go automated or online because it takes away the personal element. So how do you get them to see that they can do what they can, what they're doing best at a more scalable um, rate by using automation or online leads or whatever that is? 
So the first thing that I would kind of address, and I have this conversation so often, there is an element of riding that roller coaster of your business when you are fully repeat and referral. Mm -hmm. Because what you're doing essentially is you're relying on other people to advertise for you. And you have no control over whether or not that person has that conversation or doesn't. Mm. And so there's an element of lack of control over the lifeblood of your business, right? So a lot of the time what happens is there's a lack of predictability. You ride the market a lot heavier than like someone who actually is able to bring in consistent business. And so there's, you know, a lot of the time, like not only do you ride the market, but you, there's, there's the, this lack of consistency and lack of predictability. And so it can actually be a more stressful way of running the business. So, the, and then they, on top of that too, like you do end up having to be on call. Yeah. Like as you're, as you're talking and you're kind of, you know, explaining that what the visual I have in my head is, yeah, that person is, is there, like there's no way for them to detach or step away because it's all dependent on the energy that they're putting into it. Exactly. And so there's an element of reactivity Mm. that happens with a business like that. And so, you know, so, so there's that kind of like from the agent's point of view, like the emotional side of it. But then on top of that, the business is not scalable because the business is them Mm -hmm. and their magic and people are only referring to them and repeats and referrals are wonderful. But the way that I always have looked at it is that like, that's the icing, right? And your marketing's the cake because you're actually able to create predictability and consistency so that you can take time off. And so that you can also pass those people or those leads. If you, if, if I want to go to Aruba for a month, I want to go to Aruba for a month. (laughs) I'm right there with you. (laughs) Right. And so, and so you want to be able to like, that's the whole point of why we built, why we got into real estate in the first place. Right. And I grew up with that. I grew up with a mom who was at every swim meet and every rowing regatta. And, and so, you know, when I run into people from high school, I, at the time I was like, I don't know if I even appreciated it at the time, but now people are like, Oh my gosh, how are you? How's your mom? Cause she was there. Yeah. You know, when the other moms weren't and I, and how lucky am I that I actually, and I actually think that we're still so close because of that. Yeah. Because and I, that's I, tough. I mean, kudos to your mom, because I mean, I, I grew up in real estate very much like you. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom was a, a top producing realtor before she got into management and then bought her own brokerage and is a complete powerhouse. And, you know, but I, I saw the sacrifices that she had to make in order to maintain the level of business as a sales representative, mm-hmm. um, which did mean sacrificing some time with, you know, although you know, she was still always at, at school yeah. trips and then it got to a point where I didn't want her there because, you know, all the men would whistle at her. <laughs> Sorry, mom, I had to out you on that one, but it's true. It was like, oh my God, are they really whistling at my mom? Like, how embarrassing. Um, but Gosh, that's so funny. It's, yeah, no, it, it's true. True story. Um, <laughs> but um, it is, it's tough. It was, it was tough then mm-hmm. being in a um, male dominant industry. Yep for a successful female to really, you know, regain or retain control yeah. and, 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 you know, make that impression, you know, of, of the, the seriousness mm-hmm. of this business and how she was taking it. Mm-hmm. And there, you know, and there still is today a lot of pressure for the, the moms, um, in, in the industry to like, 
you know, I want to be with my kids, but what will my clients think? And it's like, mm, that you're human, yeah. you know, that you have, you you're super place. mom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So kudos to your mom for, you know, both of our moms really for being yeah. able to do that because that's, it's not an easy feat. We know the sacrifices that they, they took, but it was really the vision. That was, that was what they wanted. And, and, and I think that nowadays there's even more pressure because, you know, we were the media and the world tells women that we have to do all of it yeah. and we have to be amazing at all of it. And we have to all be Gwyneth Paltrow. We have to have kids and we have to look perfect and we have to have the business. And, and, and for a lot of us, like there's, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And so the, you know, the way that, the way that I look at this kind of with, to bring it back to the repeat, repeat and referral businesses is that yes, the repeat and referral businesses is, are great, but what if you were actually able to create that proper leverage in terms of like team? A lot of the time, if you position yourself as magic in your business, it becomes very difficult for you to grow a team. Mm-hmm. because the lead comes in or that person comes in and says, you know, I don't want to work with Sally. I want to work with Michelle. Yeah. Right. And so what we want to do, and then one of the, so one of the foundational things that we do with agents who do down the road want to build that team out is we don't create a business that is fully reliant on them. They're it, right from the start, right? Like the marketing, all of it is based around what it is that they do as well. So, yeah. Have you ever read the book Clockwork? No, I haven't. No. Okay. So I actually, I, I, I knew about the book, uh, years ago, picked it up again, uh, prior to the holidays. And then I, I actually did two podcast episodes around it. Okay. And so what it, it's exact, it speaks exactly to what you're describing. It's how do you create a business like Clockwork? Meaning mm-hmm. it runs without you being there mm-hmm. and it's not who you are, it's the role that you play. So he calls that the queen bee role. Mm-hmm. What is that one major role that has to happen in order for the business to run? Yeah. And can you protect that role while still stepping away? And so that's mm-hmm. exactly what you're speaking to is really looking at that. It's not, how did you say it? it's not, uh, it's not who you are. It's what you do. It's Absolutely. You do. Yeah. And, and yes, there's a certain element of like relationship and trust that's built along that, along with that. But we tend to focus on creating a signature process or an expert methodology within the business because that's the getter of results in the business. Right. And, and there's a lot of people, brilliant people who have talked about like, just like exactly what you said, right? Like Tim Ferriss has the same thought process, the guy who wrote the four hour work week. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know, it's, he, he's not obviously not in a service, like he's not focused on service based industries tend to be more product based, but, but it's the same idea of eliminate, automate, outsource mm-hmm. and order, right? You eliminate, you automate, and then you outsource. So that, so that, you know, you're creating levels of leverage and you are not only keeping your business as profitable as possible, but also predictable and consistent. And, um, you know, unfortunately we live in a world where life happens. People get sick, people, you know, friends get sick, parents get sick, we get sick. Um, you know, we have a kid who, you know, breaks a bone, God forbid, or, Mm -hmm. you know, like we, and a lot of the time in real estate, people don't build insurance into their business. And if you, if something happens to you or something happens to a family member, your business stops. And that, in my opinion, is not a real business. So what we want is to also build insurance into that business where if you need to step out, not only just for vacation, but also for, you know, the things that life throws at us, 
then you can do that and your business will keep running and you won't be in a situation where you go from making half a million dollars a year to making nothing. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's a real, a sad reality for a, a lot of people. You're right. You know, and I think one of the detriments, uh, is us in the way we approach the business mm-hmm. in not looking at it like a true business. Yeah. Cause if this was not a service based business and it was a storefront selling product, we would have all these systems in place yeah. and we just don't approach it the same way. So it really is, it's a paradigm shift. It's a mindset shift that has to happen in the industry for people to really embrace the fact that there is another way of looking at it. It's all the blind spots that we're not yeah. seeing yeah. and how, and, and being able to now plan and prepare for those blind spots um, so that you can still do what you love, identify doing what you love, but know that you can step away and the world's not going to come crashing down. And you can even like from, from a more positive note, you can stay in your zone of genius. Yes. Like, Marie, Marie Forleo is awesome at that. That's, yeah. you know, I really, that's what she, if, if she gives any, I mean, she gives tons of lessons, but you know, if she really can leave one lesson on anybody running a business, it's that she has done such a strategic job of being able to identify where's her zone of genius. It's in content writing. That is her thing. And at all costs, her team protects that time for her and they alleviate everything else. Mm -hmm. And that, that to me, when I look at that as the model for business growth and team growth, Mm -hmm. that's it. It's like great to bring people on, but don't bring people on for, you know, reasons or, or roles that are not going to help you scale the business the way you want it. It's like, get them on to protect what you really enjoy doing. A hundred percent. And everybody's skill sets and everybody's zone of genius is slightly different, right? Mm -hmm. And so this is something that I've done wrong and I've done right. Um, My team now, I don't manage them. They manage me. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) That's amazing. I get, you know, I, I open my computer in the morning and I have a list of things that need to be done that only I, that only I can do. But everything else. And they're the ones that are feeding that to you. Yeah. Everything else is taken care of, right? Right. And unless somebody comes to me and says, hey, this is something that I need you to do, I'm not delegating to them. They're delegating to me, which is, which is exactly the way that we want, I wanted it set up because mm-hmm. that's, that's not my strong point, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I know where I shine and I know where I don't. Yeah. And so, and, and so you're able to, to own that. I think that's, a, that's the, the first primary piece is acknowledging that because I don't think, you know, there's many people or enough people in their businesses that really identify that that's, this works for me, this doesn't. I think, you know, I think we've been programmed to, and I, maybe I just speak for myself, but mm-hmm. there's been programming that has happened through pop culture, media, whatever, the books, that the, the idea of an entrepreneur is this in control, delegating, right? We have this picture. When you say entrepreneur, I mean, what, what image comes to your mind? It's yeah. usually male. Yeah. It's usually somebody who's a dominant personality type, who's great at executing time management, put together, polished, knows their stuff. And that's just not the reality of it. And then everyone feels like they need to play this role. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And we're all walking around with like identity crisis because it's not, that's not the reality. That is a yeah. subset of entrepreneurships. Um, but certainly it's really a true entrepreneurship is really identifying where are you most effective mm-hmm. and doing that and then building a team to support the rest of it. When I first got into real estate, because I started at Keller Williams, they love the disc profile. Yes. And I took the disc and I'm not a high D, not at all. No, neither. Uh, no, I'm not a high D. No. I'm not a high D. And I remember like 
reading through, and I mean, this is, I, I was, I was, I guess I was a lot kind of stronger willed than I even re- realized at the time, but I read through everything and I was like, they're basically telling me that I can't be a leader. Right. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to say no to that. Yep. Right. And so I actually don't, I'm not a huge fan of the disc profile. I actually, so, so when I hire, when I, the way that I teach hiring, we use the Colby. Okay. And so the reason why is because the Colby, like, well, it's, it's not, it's non-judgmental. It's basically like, where are your strengths and where are your weaknesses? Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. Let's fill in those, uh, in those gaps with systems and automation and hiring. Like, let's create a business that serves you instead of trying to get you to pretend to be something else to fit into, like, this this hole. This that box, this framework. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. and you know what? So I'm, I'm actually certified in DISC. I use DISC a lot. Okay. Um, but I don't use it in the way that they use it. Like, I've had real oh, okay. that have joined, and they've said, oh, I've done a DISC. And I'm like, okay, bring it to me. And I'm like, nah, you haven't done the DISCs that we do. Like, there's different... <laughs> Got it. Of it, dis, the the the, the disc uh, philosophy or framework stems from from the theory, but mm-hmm. the application of it is so different. And so, I love that. I, so the way the way I use disc is very much the way you use uh, Colby. Yeah. Um, and it's not, it's, these are factors and it's the intensity Mm. of these factors that we're looking at. And it does not mean that because you don't have a high dominance factor that you're not going to be a leader. It It means identifying what is the factor that drives your leadership. So are you, are you higher in influence? Then you're influencing people through leadership. It's not going to be on a dominant telling style. This is going to be what it's going to look like for you. And I I think that's like, that's beautiful because that's exactly what I feel like this industry needs is like, let's not try to put people in the boxes. Let's have, like give everybody an opportunity to, and every business should and can look different. Yes. Yeah. And and I think that the more we try to cookie cutter them, the, the, like the fewer people are actually able to be successful with these frameworks. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about pigeonholing people to uh, a a box of this is the way it should look, or this is the ideal profile. There is no such thing as ideal uh, profiles. You know, what style works for one person is not going to work for another. And if you're working in the, in the way that you coach people to work, Mm -hmm. which is in alignment with who you are, your values, your beliefs, your creative genius, your, you know, passions, then you're, gravitating people to you that are like that. They're going to be the ones that are responding to you. So it's about identifying what are our strengths? How do we lead? What's, what's our leadership style look like? How do we communicate? What, you know, how am I going to influence people to make a decision? Am I going to do it through telling and intimidation or am I going to do it through persuasion or relatability? Right? So it's just about understanding all of those, but it, to, you know, to really just to echo your whole business and what you do, it's about understanding who you are as an individual. Mm-hmm. It's about aligning yourself and positioning yourself to attract people who are going to respond to you. Yep. And at the end of the day, yes, no wonder all realtors say, oh, you know, my ideal client is me because we all, we know ourselves yeah. that well, right? Yeah. And, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but it's, it's just positioning ourselves to be able to now attract more of the people that are going to see value in how we like to lead our mm-hmm. businesses. And you do that through so beautifully. I mean, I've seen the, the realtors that you coach. I, and I never get on or very rarely get on a call with someone who I'm not like, oh yeah, this is my person. Like, yeah. I like, like, I, like this is someone that I would go and have a coffee with. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. And I think that that is so important because the like we 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 all know what it feels like to have that client where like when you see their name on your phone, you want to throw your phone out the window. <laughs> right. Yeah. And why? And and so many people end up filling their businesses with people like that because they're not attracting. Right. And you know there is nothing that's going to lead to burnout faster than that. Right. You have so much more bandwidth working with people that you love than working with people that are, that feel difficult. Yes. Yeah. So what do you, what is sort of your, um, comments when, uh, cause I've had this, uh, objection with realtors where I suggest, you know, very similar to you, let's look at a path that's going to fit you. Yeah. Not you trying to fit to this path yes. that doesn't feel right. Um, and I find that sometimes when we're building out that personalized path for their business, that it is, uh, the results are maybe delayed a little bit because mm-hmm. um, it's just the nature of what it is. You're not just taking anything that comes to you. Mm-hmm. So those results are going to be, you know, mm-hmm. further off. Do you find that that's a big objection for people um, wanting to sort of explore this type of, uh, of, you know, business operation and being able to attract the people that they want to attract or they just like, there's a lot of people that are just focused, like you said, transactionally mindset. And they're just like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say no to anything. And that's certainly been a piece of advice that's been given to a lot of realtors is never say no to to business. Um, and I'm not opposed to that at the beginning. Mm -hmm. I think every opportunity you have to work with people is is a learning opportunity. Like you learn so much from the people you don't want to work with. Um, so certainly from the growth perspective, but how do you sort of, what do you say to those agents that are kind of humming and hawing over that? I think that there's, so, so there's kind of two ways to look at it, right? Like any good marketing system or any good attraction system is going to compound over time. Right. So it's like the first thing that, you know, especially if you're coming into something with no audience or no list or no, like you're starting from scratch, it doesn't really matter if you're starting from nothing. It doesn't really matter whether or not you, you kind of, you're kind of at a point where you can, you need to make that choice of whether or not you are going to be, you know, I'm going to speak to everyone. And, and I said this before we hopped on, like before, like the podcast started, you know, the, it's the idea that, you know, if everybody likes you, nobody loves you. Mm. And so there's an element of polarity that is incredibly powerful when building an audience. And so, you know, a lot of the time we're all at the base of, of, of humanity. We're people pleasers. Nobody likes someone to not like them or to disagree with them. But what ends up happening is it dilutes the message and it dilutes kind of who you are and what you stand for. And I think that there's so many people that are afraid to talk about who they are and what they stand for because they are worried that, you know, some guy named Bob's not going to like them. Mm -hmm. Or what if Bob would have maybe worked with them and they're, they're, they're not going to get Bob's deal. And so I think like from a mindset perspective, it becomes this shift away from scarcity right? And it's so easy to live in that scarcity. I'm going to be a generalist. I'm going to work with anybody and everybody. If you have a pulse, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) I help people buy, sell, invest, right? Like, you know, and, and, and that's the thing is that like, and, and so I'll give you a really, really like a, it's kind of a terrible example, but I actually use that quite Mm -hmm. often. Mm -hmm. And even just in terms of like actually why to niche down. So, you know, I have a friend who sells life insurance. And he was running all these Facebook ads and he was all over the place with like, like life insurance was the message. 
and he was burning money. And, and he, you know, he came to me and he was like, you know, why, like, why aren't these working? And I was like, let me look. And I was like, there's no target here. And he was like, he's like, well, what do you mean? And I was like, I'm going to add one word into your ads, the word diabetes. Mm. And he was like, but I don't only want to work with diabetics. And I was like, trust me. So we did it and his business blew up. It totally exploded because people who are scrolling need that identifier. Yeah. Here's life insurance. Yeah, sure. All of us need life insurance, but why you, as opposed to like, I'm just going to work with this random person over here. Right. Right. Whereas when somebody sees something that says life insurance for diabetics, they go, Oh, I'm diabetic. That's me. Mm -hmm. And it's something just as simple as that of like an identifier. That's me. Therefore I'm going to take an action and see what this is. And so that it's the same thing in real estate, right? It's, it's figure out who you want to work with, who you want to specialize in. You know, we hear, we, we sometimes in marketing, a lot of the time we hear like the doctor analogy, Mm -hmm. if you need brain surgery, you're not going to go to the GP, right? You're going to go to what you're, you're, you know, like you're going to go to a neurosurgeon. And, and so it's the same thing. We have this amazing ability in real estate to, to dominate an area of real estate. And when you, just like you said, like when you try to speak to everyone, you speak to no one. And when you try to be every, like, this is something that um, I I think I used this in a talk the other day. Um, The man who chases two rabbits catches none. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when you are actually targeted about who you're going after, who you serve, what you do for those people, it doesn't mean that no one else will ever work with you. It doesn't mean that you won't get referrals that don't fit into that demographic. It means that your marketing has specific messaging and you have a specific service that solves the problems of those people. And it actually, what it does is instead of decreasing your business, it increases your business because people are resonating with the messaging. Right. That and that's sense? really, I mean, that's really the, the, the crux of, of anything online now is yeah. there's so much noise mm-hmm. that if you're going to be effective and get someone's attention, it better be, that person better feel like you're speaking to them or it's just going to be mindless scrolling because that's what we do. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, it's, and that's why the ability to create relevant content, the ability to just like, and, and from a real estate standpoint, like. And I actually said this on a, on the call that I was on right before I came on to talk to you. Don't just throw market stats up. That's not of value. Talk about your interpretation of those market stats. Mm-hmm. Talk about what you believe is actually going to happen to the market, to the specific demographic that you're targeting, what it means for them. You know, what's going to happen in the future, your predictions, your feelings on things. That is what actually builds authority. Don't just show up for the sake of showing up. Yeah. And you know what? You hit it on the nose because I think with the abundance of information, because there's no shortage of information out there, the fear factor behind we're going to be replaced by, you know, bots and AI is it it stems from the fact that we're not adding our interpretation to it. What they can never replicate is the human brain and how we interpret information and how we deliver that information. And so you're right. It's if we can do less of the regurgitation of stuff and more of here's what it means to you. Let me explain it. Because I think that's really going to be the, the, the value piece for realtors in the future is mm-hmm. the ability to take that information and make it mean something. 
So we have an agent in our program right now. His name's Bruce. And he consistently, and this is like, like right across the board, his listings sell for a certain percentage above market value always. Hmm. And that's not because of bots or AI. It's because of Bruce. There is a human, he has a skill set that he, that he, and it's not just staging and it's not just this, and it's not just that he has, he has something and a system that is consistent. And because he's able to deliver consistent results like that, that his opinion on things is actually very valid and he needs to give that opinion. Yeah. Because that's some, that's something that I'll listen to. Cause not only does he have like the, the, the background and the track record and, and the knowledge, but you know, he's able to take something and interpret it in a way that is going to be so much more valuable than just throwing it up there. Yeah. And, and that's what we mean by like every, and not, not only is it your interpretation, but it's also your own, your own way of delivering it, mm-hmm. right? Your personality, your voice, your, you, the, like the, the, the way that you talk, the language that you use, it, we're all constantly niching ourselves down, whether we realize it or not. I love, you know what, what a beautiful world it would be if we could all just operate from that, that framework and in being able to just be, do what you love, do what you do best. Uh, Don't be afraid, you know, don't live from this, this, this mindset of scarcity or, you know, fear and just embrace that we all have these gifts and we're all uniquely human. And it's those, those uniquenesses that really, when we can put them to good use in our business, is really what's going to cause the success of the business because people are responding to that. It's the humanness that we're missing. Which is why, like, scripting a lot of the time, like, it gives you confidence, but it's also not necessarily the best way of doing things because the more scripts you use, the less of you and the less of your brain and your zone of genius. And like the, the less people are getting you, the more they're just getting a script. Yeah. Yeah. And I've always, (laughs) my agents will laugh because I'm the first one when, you know, when we talk about that, when they, especially the brand new licensees, because they're just like, tell me what to say. Like, I don't know what to say. And I'm like, okay, well, here's a script, but I'm just going to tell you right now, I don't believe in scripts. And they're like, well, why are you giving it to me? Because it's good practice for you. And if this is what's going to make you feel confident Mm -hmm. to just learn a way of saying it. Yeah. That's not what I want. I don't want you to be scripted. I don't want you to read this. Yeah. I mean, and there is value to scripts in that they are the ones that are, are created are done right. And they're yes. done using the science of influence and persuasion and yes. they understand the psychology and there's NLP built into it. And yeah. so that, you know, it's those elements I want them to extract, but it's, but then make it sound like you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. If it's going to make you feel good to hear how somebody else said it, then great. And I think there's, you know, I think that's another valid point because when you take a look at the way our, our brains operate and we have these things called mirror neurons, even as babies, we, we, those neurons, those mirror neurons are what's looking at our parents, you know, making funny things and we're mimicking and copying and that's how we learn. And so there's an element of that, like just the whole biology of humans and how mm-hmm. we learn. Um, mm-hmm. But, th- you know, we can't lose sight of the the personal side of things. And it's got to be us. It's can't, it cannot be the way somebody else said it. I could never deliver a message the way you deliver the message. It's it wouldn't be authentic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that like, 
there's a lot, there's so much copying and regurgitation as well in the industry that, you know, what people don't realize is they're actually doing themselves a disservice because people can feel when something, like at the end of the day, we're animals and we can feel when something's not real or it's not authentic. Yeah. And yeah. so as much as you're trying to like fake it till you make it, people can feel that and it's actually repelling more than it's attracting. Mm, good point. My gosh, Jess, I think you and I could talk for hours. Hours. <laughs> Where are you at now? Okay, next time you're in Toronto, we have to get together. <laughs> yeah, you, you got it. Yeah, we have to. But this has, been, this has been wonderful. I really, really appreciate the time that you've taken to share your expertise um, and for those of the, the listeners, I mean, I will leave all of your contact information yeah. in my show notes, but maybe you kind of want to just let people know where they can, uh, where they can reach out to you and what your company name is called. I'm not even sure if we touched upon that. Yeah, no, I don't even think we talked about it. Yeah. So the best place to kind of connect would be probably my Facebook group, which is just the listings lab method for real estate agents. Um, just because there's a lot of conversation and value and things like that. And, you know, if you want to just sort of see what we're about, that's probably the best place to start. Awesome. Perfect. And I will make sure that your other um, Instagram handles and email and all of that is in our show notes so people can reach out to you. Um, but Jess, this has been wonderful. Thank you. And Thank I look you. forward to doing more of these with you. I think uh, you and I have a lot to, to share. Um, and we're definitely seem like we're in alignment with a lot of things. I think so. so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Jess, thank you so much for taking the time that you did to speak with me today. And I, I definitely look forward to talking more with you down the road and doing more future podcasts with you. If you guys are interested in connecting with Jess and finding more about the work that she does with realtors to really, truly help them scale to a seven-figure business, I'm going to leave all of her contact information in the episode show notes. And you can find those at www.michellereci.com forward slash episode 29. And as always, please join me in our Facebook group, LE Podcast or the Lifestyle Entrepreneur Podcast Facebook group, where we can dive a little bit further into some of the things that we talked about here and I can answer questions for you and I can get a better sense of how to support you moving forward. Well, that's all I have for today, and I look forward to seeing you guys. Well, not really seeing you guys, unless you're in the Facebook group. Then I'm going to see you. Otherwise, I look forward to chatting with you same time, same place next week. Bye for now.